A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking about some of the popular retirement rules of thumb. And should you follow them? Are they really rules of thumb worth paying attention to? Uh, Can they lead us astray instead? We're going to talk about that. Plus, we've got a great question from one of our listeners. Leslie actually has a financial advisor who's done a good job over the years, but is wondering if um, the advisor could be doing better because of what her brother is kind of talking to her about. So that's going to be an interesting question. I'm looking forward to that Mm -hmm. one a little bit later on as well. And we'll get to know Scott a little bit better by talking about cool things when we were younger. Uh, I look forward to that too. Uh, Scott, can't (laughs) wait to get to today's show with you. How is uh, life in your world? Everything's doing great, Walter. You know, I'm you enjoying the end of summer here and uh, you're looking forward to fall, one of my favorite times of year. Well, lots of uh, things to get to. I, I know you're a big, you know, Browns fan. You think they're going to have a good season this year? I know they've been in the the news for not not always the best reasons over the last couple of uh, couple of months, but and, and a little bit of upheaval in their uh, prep for the season. But what do you think of this of the Brown season this year? Well, you know what? I'm always an optimist. So okay. I, I, when it comes to all my sports teams. I'm always seem to be the optimist. And every year I said, you know, they're going to be great this year and it just doesn't always work out. So again, once again, I, I think, you know, they'll, they'll work everything out. They'll end up, uh, you know, settling up their quarterback situation. Jacoby Brissett, you know, I think will be do a good enough job. And, uh, you know, I, we'll just have to, uh, you know, keep our fingers crossed once again. I like your optimism. I, I knew there was a reason I liked you, Scott, and uh, <laughs> the, the optimist in you is uh, certainly a great trait and quality. So I like your thinking as you prep for the season. Um, well, yes, enjoy this time of year, everybody, and uh, let's get into our conversation on the program today. If you're new to the show, we're talking, of course, with Scott Searles. He is the president of Skybox Financial Group, an advisor based in the greater Cleveland area, also an office for snowbirds there down in Bradenton, Florida. He's got more than and 20 years of experience in the financial planning world, and uh, we're going to help answer some questions on today's show that will hopefully help you in your preparation for retirement and your financial future. And you've probably heard about some of these rules that you're supposed to follow to retire successfully, and some of these rules are stated so confidently, Scott, it almost seems like you'd be crazy not to immediately accept them as fact. But we don't mind being called a little crazy. We talked about putting milk in our pies in our bowl with pies on the last show. So we are a little bit crazy here, Scott. So we're not afraid to be contrarians, I don't think. Um, So let's dive into some of these most popular rules of thumb to truly see if they lead us down a good path or if they more so run a chance of leading us astray in retirement. All right, so the rule of 100 may be the most popular one out there that people have probably heard of if they've done any sort of preparation for retirement. So what's the rule? Why has it become a rule of thumb? And yeah, what's your read on that? Is that a good one to kind of get us started with, or are we led astray right off the bat? Well, I think all these rules of thumb are you know, that's exactly what they are. They're kind of rules of thumb. They're, they're to get you in the right area, get you in the right range, right? 
So the rule of 100, and basically what this is, the amount of risk or another, the amount of stocks or equities you should have in your portfolio should be 100 minus your age. So let's say you're 20 years old, you know, the rule of thumb would say you should have 80% of equities. If you're 50, you should have 50% equities. I would tell you in most situations, this underestimates the amount of equities that you need to have. If you're 50 years old, let's say 60 years old, you're getting into retirement, you're a little bit closer there, but when you're earlier and you're in your 20s, you really don't need to have 20% of your portfolio in the bonds. You've got, for instance, in your IRA, when you're 20 years old, you've got 40 plus years before you're even going to touch it. Just let it ride. So I think that that rule of thumb gets people in that certain area And there's obviously, when we are talking any of these rules of thumb, there's so many other circumstances or or different types of situations where it gets you in the range, but it's going to need to be tweaked a little bit. Like, for instance, somebody that's got, they're retiring, they've got a pension, they got Social Security, they don't need to access their money much anymore. They're going to invest a lot differently than somebody that's utilizing their retirement funds in order to generate income. So, it gets you in the range, but I think it underestimates the amount of equities in a lot of situations. Mm, very good point on that one, Scott, and something we should all remember about that rule of 100. All right, what about the 75% rule? I've also called it, heard it called the 80% rule, I guess, depending on what yeah. source you look at. Yeah, you know what? So the, the 75 or 80% rule is saying that when you retire, you should plan on needing 75 to 80% of what your income was when you were working as your income in retirement. 99% of times this ends up being hogwash because the reality is when you retire, you're going to travel more. You've got a, a lot more expenses a lot of times. So the idea of being behind that rule that you're not working anymore, you're not driving, you're not buying clothes, you're not doing as much stuff, but people end up eating out more, traveling more, and making up that difference in other ways. So in the majority of times when we work out all of our numbers, and you got to include the cost of healthcare in there too, and that ends up you know, taking you know, a, a chunk of your budget too. So most of the times you're pretty close to living the lifestyle and needing the income that you did when you were working uh, when you get into retirement. So I, usually 75% of that income doesn't hack it for most people. Yeah, that makes sense, Scott. And that's another rule of thumb that we need to be aware of. I mean, you can kind of tell you're off track on a rule of thumb when it already has an alternative um, you know, estimate to it, right? The 75% right. or some people call it 80%. Well, we're already off the rule a little bit. This next one is more math. So maybe we can't dispute this one really, but is it a helpful rule of thumb? Uh, the rule of 72, what's that one? Yeah. So the rule 72 states that, like you said, it's math. So you take 72 divided by an interest rate, and that tells you how many years it will take for your money to double. So for instance, 72 divided by 10 would mean in 7.2 years at a 10% return, your money would double. If it's 72 divided by 7.2, it would be 10 years. This is math. You can't argue with it. But it is a good, this one is a good rule of thumb to get you in the neighborhood of, you know, getting an idea of if I invest and I get a 10% return, 
you know, and I've got a hundred grand, it should be 200 grand. But again, the, you know, the devil's in the details here, right? Because one of, one of the things you need to remember is that your portfolio every year is not going to earn 10% because you would need that to happen in order for that rule of 72 to work perfectly. One year you may be down 5% and the next year you're up 10%, you know, you're going to, your returns are going to be across the board and the rule of 72 doesn't exactly work out exactly that way. But if you had something where you had a fixed return, you knew that that money, if you knew you were getting five, you know, 7.2%, it would take 10 years for that money to double. But when you get the sequence of returns factored in there, it doesn't work out as well as you would like it to. It's a great point, Scott. It makes a lot of sense. And uh, glad to have a rule of thumb we can actually, you know, um, just trust because it's math and it's not going to change on us. So that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. What about the rule of five? You know, the rule of five states that, that basically on average, uh, we experience a bear market every five years. And that's not too far off. But again, you can't really predict these things. So when you're investing, you should really expect that a bear market could happen at any point in time. You should always be prepared for that bear market. But they do happen more often than you would think they are, than they do. And you know that rule of five kind of, again, gets us in that ballpark. And it, I think it gets people to think that, hey, you know what? That bear market could come at any point in time. You know, we're in the middle of a, of a bear market now. We've seen, you know, the, the, the market struggle since the beginning of this year. And, you know, who knows how long it's going to take before we get ourselves shored up. Are we going into recession? Are we in a recession? A lot of debate there. But I think the, the reality is, is that you need to always be prepared for a bear market when it comes to your retirement plan. So you should have some, in, some money set aside that's designed just for income, that's not subject to the market, so that you don't need to worry about it. Uh, because I think, you know, you should, you just need to be prepared for them to happen at any point in time. All good points across the board. So we've got these different rules of thumb. That was the rule of five. Let's double it and call it the rule of 10. How about that one? Well, so the rule of 10 says that you should have 10 times your salary saved for retirement when you get to age 67. So, you know, this, I like this rule. The math may not always work because everybody's situation is different. Some people don't need that much. Some people need more, whatever. But I like the rule of thumb because it gets people to think about saving. Saying, boy, you know, I make a hundred grand a year. When I'm 67, I'm going to need a million dollars. Well, I'm 50 and I got $10. Well, boy, I better start saving a little bit more. So I like it from that because the key to any type of successful retirement is accumulating and saving as much money as you can previous to retirement. So I like the rule and the idea that it gets people to think about socking and putting away more money so that they can reach that. Whether or not they need that number or they need more is definitely dependent on everybody's individual situation. All right, so we've got the rule of five, rule of 10. Let's finish with this one. Uh, This one I saved for last, Scott, because kind of like the rule of 100, this may be the most well-known rule of thumb Mm -hmm. in retirement planning, but also could be maybe the most controversial one, and that would be the 4% rule. Give us the skinny and your take on that one. Yeah, so the 4% rule, uh, basically what it is, is it's saying that when you get to retirement, if you withdraw 4% of your portfolio every year, 
that that will last you for the rest of your life. So like in our previous example, if you made $100,000 a year, you save 10 times your salary in retirement, then and you had a million dollars and using the 4% rule, it's stating that you could safely take about $40,000 a year out of there. And then that would be enough for you to live on and last the rest of your life. Well, the 4% rule is kind of old school thinking. What we do is we start with a 5% dynamic distribution rate, and we will change it and modify it as your portfolio grows. So sometimes that means that maybe in years where the economy is doing bad for two, three, four years and the markets aren't really getting good returns, maybe you got to tighten your belt a little bit during those years. But in years in which things are starting to do well, you can actually take more because the one thing you need to consider is the fact that inflation's growing. And if you run into a year where let's say the markets aren't doing very well, you're still pulling your 4% out a year, but the cost of everything's going up 8% a year, you're really not able to live. You're going to end up paying, pulling more than that 4% out. So I think the rule of four is kind of old school. We don't use it much anymore. Uh, it's more the dynamic and changing kind of withdrawal rates because that's going to, study after study will show you that will give you the best chance of success in your retirement. Fantastic, Scott. Thank you for the breakdown of all of these rules of thumb. I hope this was helpful to you as a listener today. If you have questions about any of these rules or if you've kind of believed wholeheartedly in some of them and now you're like, ooh, that may be leading me down the wrong path indeed, uh, that'd be a great sign that it would be worth talking to Scott and getting a free consultation about your portfolio and your financial plan and how you can improve that going forward with a plan that's a little bit better built and not just on these kind of general rules of thumb, but more customized to your money goals and your retirement goals. So if you have questions for Scott and you want to set up that time to chat, you can do that a couple of different ways. One by calling 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. Or you can go online to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. And you can schedule a time to meet from your smartphone or computer that way. Very helpful to utilize those resources at your fingertips and uh, meet with Scott if you have any further questions about some of the things we've talked about on today's show. More coming up on today's episode. In fact, let's get to know Scott a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. All right, Scott, my question for you on today's episode is about being cool. <laughs> what was cool when you were young that uh, is not very cool now? Almost everything, I think. Uh, <laughs> we can go there. No, nothing has stayed cool. Huh? Uh, no, there are a few things. So, you know, whether it's like break dancing and parachute pants, you know, those things oh, are long gone. You know, the... Uh, the uh, kind of the new wave haircuts. I used to have like this kind of like piece that would flop down over my forehead because I, you know, I was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, you always had to do the little head flip. flicking out. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Cause that was cool. I mean, we're, we're talking in the eighties here. So, and of course the clothes, you know, that there were a lot different. So, so pretty much my clothes, my dance style, my I haircut. I feel like the hair thing, though, is back in style. I feel like a lot of kids have that little, like, you know, that little drop-down thing now that they're, you know, doing the little head flip again. Well, I think a lot of them simply have, you know, longer hair now, too. Right, right. I mean, yeah. you know, that that wasn't necessary. I wasn't – so there was, I guess, a group of people that would have kind of that 
Led Zeppelin kind of throwback thing, but I was more like the new wave kind of shorter hair with like a little kind of flippy piece on it kind of thing. So that that I don't see quite as much, but you know, there were some things too that I thought was cool back in the day that are starting to come around. Like we used to wear Vans shoes, you know, with the little checkerboards on them when I was a kid and those were cool. And now they've come back in style, you know, so there's things that have kind of worked their way all back around too. That's very true. Yeah. Like uh, Chuck Taylors and those kinds of things are coming back. Yeah. Um, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. The Converses. Converse. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, so there was there were definitely things that that looped their way back around to kind of be cool again. Uh, but the majority is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The majority gets left in the past. And uh, or even if it is coming back now, it's not something that you could continue to do and it still be cool. Right. Like. Right. If you if you were walking around in the vans right now, do you feel like you'd be you'd be in that cool club, or you'd feel like, yeah, this was cool when I was a kid still, but I can't join the fad now. I can't can't. Be well, so yet. my kids tell me all the time that I'm just too old to wear those. Yeah, things. yeah. You can't. I mean, you, no, you, know. no, you can't bring it back yourself. The next generation can bring it back. But. So I I have a joke with my kids that I, I I tell them all the time that I started the bucket hat trend. Because for years I wore bucket hats. I could be out and cutting the grass. I wear a bucket hat because they're, you know, they're they're practical. You got the rim all the way around. It right. protects my bald head from the sun. <laughs> and all of a sudden I started seeing people wearing these bucket hats. So I went to my kids. I'm like, look it, I'm creating this trend. These kids at the football game, they're all got bucket hats on. I said that was me. That was me. They all they all started from me and my bucket hat trend. Hey, so, I think I think you can claim it. Claim it all day long and be proud of it. I do, I do, but no one believes me. No, they're not buying it? That's too bad. No. Oh, well. <laughs> Love it. Well, there you go. Getting to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. Now we get to know one of our listeners with a great question from Leslie. Let's open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so you can submit questions to the mailbag by going to skyboxfinancialgroup.com and contacting us through the website. Leslie says, I have a financial advisor who has done a good job for me over the years, but my brother always says I could be doing better. So should I listen to my brother or tell him to leave me alone? Well, uh, you know what? Which family does not run across this, right? Where you're at at your family barbecue and your brother says, hey, you know, I did – 12% 12% last year with my investments, you should really, you know, let me do your stuff or talk to my guy. But, but Leslie, you always need to understand that, that everybody's situation is different. And so the money may be invested differently. And what works well for your brother may not necessarily work well for you. And if, and if you feel confident in your financial advisor and you think he's doing a good job, then I would stick with his recommendations. Unless your brother's a financial advisor and knows your situation very well, that would be differently. But I think that you know, a lot of the times people have a tendency to jump on that bandwagon. You know, it's like, hey, you know, my my brother's buying Bitcoin and, you know, he's a millionaire now. Man, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. The risk level of Bitcoin is extremely high. And it may not, you know, it's not necessarily going to work for somebody that's two years away from retirement and needs to all their money to generate an income for them to be able to survive. So, you know, if you're confident with your financial advisor and he's a fiduciary, certainly follow his guidance over your brother. Just tell your brother to pound salt. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, wait, pound salt or, or sand? 
Is it? Is no, pound... I, I always thought it was salt, right? Oh, really? Oh, I thought it was yeah. pound sand. Oh, that maybe this is a like beach a thing for you, or something. maybe this is a regional thing. Uh, yeah, I've always heard go pound sand is the saying. Yeah, no, I always heard pound salt. Really? Oh, how about that? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Go yeah. go pound sand is what I always was told. So yeah, maybe it's a beach thing. I don't know. Yeah, and you know, in Cleveland we don't have sand, so maybe we said, you know, we do have we do have salt mines in Lake Erie, so maybe that's so, where yeah, the regional you, you thing. You say go go pound salt in the area, huh? So when you're right. when you're down in Bradenton, you can use go pound sand. You know, it's never come up. I'm going to try it next try time it. I'm down there, or or say go pound salt and see if people look at you funny down there. <laughs> Go pound salt. Huh? People well, look at me funny anyway. Anyway, it's the it's the bucket hats, you know. That's, that's probably why. <laughs> no, because that's super cool. Uh, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, remember, nobody's buying that, Scott. So sorry. <laughs> I love it. Uh, great question, Leslie. Thank you for sending that one in. And if you need some further review of your financial plan, maybe get a professional like Scott to take a look at it. Uh, you know, Scott can help people build a retirement plan from scratch. Or if you need a second opinion of a plan that you've created, or maybe that a previous advisor had, you know helped you create, and now you're not quite sure if you're on the right track anymore, if you're a good fit for that advisor, those situations do come up. And so if you want to talk to Scott a little bit more about your plan, your financial goals, and how to achieve them, he can put you through the worry-free retirement blueprint process and have a free consultation with you to talk a little bit about those goals. So you can schedule a time to meet by going to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. Or call with your questions to 888-742-0111. And we'll put that contact info in the description of today's show as well. Scott, thanks for the help, my friend. And uh, we'll do another good episode next time around. You got it, Walter. I always enjoy it. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Thanks for listening. Go Guardians. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.